Hello and welcome. You have six seconds. A hopefully entertaining D&D podcast. My name is Jethro. I will be your DM for this week. With me, I have Keg Alvarez. Hello, hello. My name is Keg Alvarez and I'll be playing Lokir Elvinson, the uh, son of a uh, nobleman who wishes to leave the nest. So fantastico. I will be playing Isaac Moth, a noble nobleman who is nothing but nice. We have Dan Ariola. I'll be playing Gimbal McGucket, an outgoing chronology wizard slash time researcher. And finally, Mango Aberin. Hi, I'll be using a, a monk called Dismas, and he's a quirky little monk. Awesome. Now, given this is our first episode, for those of you that are unfamiliar, D&D is a tabletop role-playing game. Essentially, it is complicated make-believe. You don't need to sweat the rules. You don't need to sweat the specifics. Let us do that. You just sit back and hopefully enjoy the story. So, let's begin. Our game, our story, takes place in the world of the Effervescent Isles. This is a series of land masses surrounding a mysterious island that holds a precious resource. And the isles themselves are characterized by conflict. Each nation, with its own values and beliefs, believe themselves to be the most fit to hold said valuable resource, and they're willing to wage war to obtain it. There is political intrigue, combat on naval and land masses. There is huge, large-spanning stories of heroics and glory and war. But our story does not begin on such grand scale. Our players begin in a small village in one of the nations, Thowaldan, and they have a circus to attend. Our players, we begin in the village of Taverpath, a small ha- hamlet on the western edge of Thowaldan, often considered a mere stop on the way to everywhere important. Though its size means it's barely even marked on maps, its nature as a crossroads means it often has quite a bit of activity. As it happens, the circus is in town. They've decided to stop here to rest and relax, and they might as well set up a bit to make some profit on the side. Our players are all participating in the festivities. As we begin, we go through the small hamlet of Taverpath. There's, it is about midday, just after lunch. People are milling about, enjoying the fact that the circus is in town, and enjoying the fact that, because this isn't on the main route of the circus, the prices are a bit lower for the games and the rides. We go first to a crowd gathering around two chairs in front of a chalkboard. There is a man with uh, red and gold tacky circus performer clothes, a presenter of sorts, clearly. And he holds a staff to help with his gestures. He begins to shout as the crowd gathers. Hello, hello, welcome one and all. Come one, come all, and try your memory. Test your minds against the lovely Sasha, the memory expert. And you see outside the back of the uh, outside the back of this large chalkboard, a young girl appears, maybe about 18, 19, just in the cusp of reaching womanhood. She wears a cheap, uh, a cheap sort of dress that's browns and blacks. Cheap 
and very much not well made, but well taken care of. She has a calm demeanor to herself and she calmly gazes at the crowd. We see one hand raise up. Gimbal, would you like to describe your character? Yeah, um, so my character is a, he's really just a, just a kid. He's about 15 years old. He's a, he's a pretty jovial, outgoing kind of, uh, kind of guy. Pretty eager to, um, see the, see the world. And, uh, more than anything else, he's really, um, committed to unearthing the secrets of, uh, uh, time as a, Dimension of the weave. We see this young, almost, almost a child, really, but with sharp, knowledgeable eyes, raises hand. Gimbal, this is a memory competition. If there is one thing your years of schooling and the rigorous mental training that Professor Feynman has put you through, it's the ability to remember things well. This is well in your field. You walk up sit down in the chair as the crowd applauds uh the crowd applauds your bravery of going up against this woman the announcer twirls his little cane and goes the prize for the winner is one gold coin the test a deck of shuffled playing cards he brings out a deck of playing cards begins to shuffle that uh, allows both the woman and you to shuffle it uh and he starts to show each of you cards. Gimbal, for our first roll of this game, of this campaign, roll me hey. an intelligence check. Alright. Gotta believe, gotta you believe. You are trying to beat a 13. Ha, just made it. Ha, ha. It's what is 14. your roll? 14. Was, Excellent. Mm -hmm. So, after the entire deck is shown to you, the way it works is it alternates. You say a card from the deck, and then the woman says a card from the deck. You say a card, Sasha says a card. So it starts three of clubs, four of spades, eight of diamonds, king of hearts, five cards, 10 cards, 15 cards. The crowd is silent and wrapped with attention. As this, these two, like most of the people here probably would have had difficulty remembering four or five cards, you're 15 cards, 20 cards. 30 cards into the deck, 7 of spades, ace of diamonds, and then just gimbal the mo just before you think you're about to forget the next card, Sasha pauses. You see this woman who up until this point was very calm and composed, for the first time a furrow sort of makes its way into her brow bites her lips slightly then hangs her head in defeat the crowd applauds not a wild applause of like a gladiator winning a battle but the applause after a magician accomplishes a very amazing trick it's more an applause of is that really possible and the uh sasha stands up extends her hand to you do you take it and shake it yeah, I uh, eagerly, eagerly shake, shake her hand. The announcer clearly, like, like, sort of like, uh, the announcer looks at Sasha, kind of like, really, it was, our, it was our first event, and you messed up, and but begrudgingly hands you your one gold prize. 
and uh, mark that on your inventory. Gotcha. gotcha. The crowd slightly disperses, and uh, the announcer starts barking again to test themselves against Sasha once more. We move once again through the crowds, through stalls, towards the area of the circus that has a bit more like sit-down kind of affairs. We enter what appears to be a makeshift tent. And inside, the sound of dice hitting cups. Uh, Dismas, would you like to describe your character? Hey, so uh, Dismas is a, is a human. He's a Dameron human, and uh, he is in, uh, in five four in height. He's still young, around twenty one years old, and he has a uh, brown skin, black eyes, and black hair. Awesome. You are sat down in this tent. It is about this is probably a few hours after the circus had set up. Prior when the circus arrived into the town, you saw and knowing your skills skills with the. Uh, you know, with a cup and dice, you asked if you could have a tent to perform. Fortunately, their usual magician is off sick, and they allowed you to run your own little games in his stead, so long as you give them a decent size of the profits. So you've been performing for a while now, and you're running what is essentially a dice scam. You're scamming people out of money. It's not. It's not. Uh, I I try to be fair. Okay, uh, so you are playing the game fair then. I mean, that's what they think. <laughs> but it is very much, you're trying to edge the odds into your favor, as it were. Yep, yep. Okay. You see a character enter your tent. And both in your time as a soldier and your time making money however you can after you had been, after you'd left the army of Dan. Reading people has always been part of your life. And sometimes there are people that are difficult to read. Sometimes there are people that are mysterious or simply deeper than you expect them to be. You don't think this pretentious asshole is one of them. This is a uh, gaudy, godly dressed, ornate man who's very clearly happy that he is better than everyone else in this town. Probably passing by more than actually staying here. Just stopping for a rest, to rest the horses or something. He yeah. roll me a perception check. Oh. I'll have good perception. I'll say, I'll say you're trying to beat the 12 on this because what you're trying to notice is fairly obvious. Tell me what you oh. get. Yes, sir. There you go. Plus three. I got it. Not 20. Woo! Hey. <laughs> Oh boy. You saw this man earlier as you were setting up your tent and getting ready your dice, practicing your sleight of hand. You saw this man uh, probably purchasing a beer, purchasing a, purchasing some alcohol from a not the not the local tavern, but from one of those like wagon taverns that uh, a few of the bigger circuses have. And the traveling caravans have it's a traveling wagon it sets up into like a little bar they put out some stools it has barrels and barrels of ale and beer and he was very very poorly treating the uh, uh the waitress the 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 barkeep that was there so this is not a kind man he's like he's fat he has this like uh like bushy mustache that's like looks like 
perfectly preened and things. It's uh this is this is not a kind man. Does uh, he have a heavy pockets or you detect a very noticeable jingle of a coin purse hit very barely hidden in this ornate sort of red and gold robe that he has. Interesting. Is he in the tent with me right now or is he, he just like still outside? He enters and he like sits down in front of you. Uh, the last few people had just left and like he's like laughing drunk. There's like a woman who looks wildly uncomfortable at his side. And it's like, <laughs> what's this then? Then I, I give him like a very upbeat, like in an upbeat tone, and like smile, very in a very friendly way. I tell him, uh, "Hello, sir. I mean, I know what your name is." <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan, sir. Do you want to see if you can get double your goal within mere seconds with this humble little dice game? <laughs> I've been having a bit of a lucky streak, as it were, eh? And then, like, he sort of winks at the girl. The girl, like, Ugh. and uh, it's like, very well. What are the rules? It's pretty simple. Uh, I have a cup here, and I have two dice. I put the dice inside the cup. I shuffle it. Then you just have to figure out. You just, you just tell me if it's either even or odd. That's it. Very well. Let's bet five gold. How does that sound? Ooh. That's quite daring, sir. Definitely. That'd be fun. Alright. And then he puts down, like, he takes out five gold from this, uh, takes down five gold from this coin purse, sets out the five gold, returns the coin purse onto his belt, and then hides it with the, the heavy coat. Are you going to slide of hand this? I think just because I want to roll more, yeah. Alright. <laughs> just add the dice rolls in there. Oh, no, no. So, uh, you hand. You hand regular dice to this man, like just to show him, like uh, it's it's procedure. You hand them so that they know that it's fair dice. He rolls it a few times, nods, and seems happy. Roll me a sleight of hand check. This man is very drunk, so you're only trying to beat a thirteen. Oh, I hope I lose this much money already. Uh, okay, that's a fifteen. Excellent. We won't even roll a fake, uh, we won't even roll the, the d6, you fleece this man. And you start to like, you start to do the classic, you're not a professional con artist, but you've picked up some tricks along the way, and a part of your meditation training that you had undergone through is understanding the human mind. So you know how to go the man on when it serves you. So eventually, outside of the five, the five gold that you would have earned because he lost the bet, you earn an additional five gold. So ten gold total. Mark that down. Thank you, thank Just you. Just from fleecing this man dry. And as a as this angry man sort of like in a huff, forgetting the woman, and like the woman like looks to you and thanks you from get, for getting rid of this weirdo. Uh, once again, you go through the crowds. Now we enter a crowd that is wild and uh causing a ruckus and cheers and groans and shouts of anger and frustration come one come all test your might test your strength against our professional strongman in a battle of an arm wrestle isaiah isaac yes. rather Describe your character. 
okay, Isaac, Isaac Ma, or Is, as he likes to be called, is what's my height? Like, I guess, I guess Isis' height is five four. Also, no, I want to be taller than that. I, I, Isis five six. <laughs> just, just two upping you, literally two upping you. Uh, he has blonde hair, purple piercing, purple eyes, and he's usually in his fine noble clothes, if not his armor. Uh, he carries around a rapier and a shield on his back. Isaac, Ice, you are perusing, you are perusing the. This makeshift circus, this makeshift carnival that's been set. I'm just going through, figuring out what's catching your fancy, and the 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 fact that the arm wrestle has caused such a such a crowd is, of course, draws your eye. After a bit of watching, you decide, you know what, might as well give it a shot. You walk, you walk up. There is a announcer once again, uh, similarly dressed to the man that was, uh, if you had seen him as you were passing by similarly dressed to the man that was handling Sasha in the memory competition but the this man is a bit uh, a bit thinner a bit more frail there is a sort of his hair appears to be thinning slightly prematurely even though he appears to be young and next to him appears to be a very very large man give me a insight check just as getting a read on this professional strongman I have to check my my proficiency. What was that insight? Yes. So that is. Trying to get a read on this person. Wisdom. Okay. I think I have pretty big pieces inside. Yeah. Okay. Twenty. Twenty. You you've spent some time around strongmen, not strongmen like professional strongmen, but armies and the people who need physical capability to do their jobs well uh, especially like sailors as well given your time sailing the seas as you are part of clan moth it is part of your job this is a showman not a strong the muscles are show muscles he's dehydrated just to make the muscles pop a bit more he has that bodybuilder look that looks like he makes it for aesthetics rather than the stocky fights bears in the wilderness build. This this should not be a difficult challenge for you. Nice, I like this. The prize is two gold for the winner. Okay, so knowing that it's the showman, not a man's man, I would like to bluff him or Talked him into upping the the ante, so I say two gold. That's measly. I I think we'll want. I think I want to take you on for five gold. Roll me a charisma check. General charisma, because you're persuasion. Oh, okay. Because you're trying to convince both him and the crowd to like you know psych them up to get them on your side, kind of thing. So general charisma. I'll say 15 is enough. Yeah. With the 15, you say that, and the crowd's like, yeah, two golds, two golds, too little. You've been teasing us. Give this man a chance to win some of our money. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the showman 
glances at the presenter and presenter glances back they're like oh okay this is bad this is bad but they can't seem to find a graceful way out it's like very <clears throat> very well five gold it is now go up to the person set your arms down hands go over the fists three two one roll me a strength check you are trying to beat 14 What did you roll? For the audience, what did you roll? I rolled exactly half of what I needed. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. Do you have anything to add to that? Or are you just... Uh, no, you just said strength check. Okay. Oh, no. So, the, uh, the, ha- the, the hand of the presenter releases from both of your clenched fists and suddenly there's a stalemate. There's like grunts and sweat dripping down your brow. The man similarly is struggling uh, much more than a man of his stature should be. Again, show muscles. But two seconds pass, four seconds pass. You grimace as you start to feel your hand give way. Eight seconds pass. The crowd is cheering you on, trying to get you to win against the strong man that's been getting everyone down this entire time. And unfortunately, after about 15 seconds of just you trying to wrench control back from this bad ankle, there's a thud and a creak of wood as the back of your hand hits the table. A groan Ah. goes throughout the crowd. The presenter and the strongman like very visibly give a sigh of relief like, Oh, thank thank you, thank God, thank the gods. And very quickly tries to regain his composure. Like, uh, good sir, that would be five gold. Um, I I tried to persuade him into a double or nothing. Roll me a charisma check. With, uh, this would be still be a straight charisma check, but you, the AC is higher now. You're trying to beat okay. sixteen, let's say, and say what you get for the audience. For those of you listening at home or wherever, I got a 17. 17, just enough. You do this again, again, like leveraging your knowledge of how to work a crowd. You are, after all, sort of royalty. You know how to appease a crowd. You start to, like, you, instead of turning to the man you know is best, you turn to them, you turn to the crowd, you try to psych them up. It's difficult, you just barely make it, though. You just barely get them to support you once more. Again, double or nothing the presenter looks looks back uh, the strong man panting way more than he should be puts his elbow back onto the thing roll me another strength check what, oh boy what did you roll <laughs> tell them what you rolled i rolled two more than last time so <laughs> not at all okay. oh no <laughs> i got a nine i got a nine again there it- is a stalemate you... He might not actually be strong, but he's stronger than me. <laughs> stronger than you. He, like, again, there is, like, a stalemate at, as the hands leave, and it starts that sort of back and forth, like, just staying stock still. The beginnings of an arm wrestle. And then again, it starts to go poorly. It starts to go. It starts to go. You're trying, you're trying to wrench the angle back. Thud, creak, groan. Now you're down 10 gold. You hear from the back uh, of the crowd, 
Boo! You suck! And then as the crowd starts to disperse and the uh, the strong man's like, okay, okay, I'm taking a break. Mark off 10 gold from your inventory, please. We move past the roiling big crowds, moving past the noisy crowds, and we move to a area that is a bit more quiet, still present with people, but much more relaxed, much more quiet, contemplative people. This is not necessarily part of the circus. This is not necessarily part of the events that they give. But like any big gathering of people, there are people on the side trying to make money from the games they are good at. This particular section is a very popular game in Tawaldan for its representation of war and strategy and nobility. There are chess hustlers and chess players playing on the sides on makeshift boards, nice boards, boards drawn to the ground, pieces hewn from everything from the finest granite to bottle caps and uh, like mugs, bits of mug, things like that. Lokir, would you like to describe your character? Uh, so Lokir is your typical half-elf, although he looks more elven than than human. Uh, he has purple eyes and he has fair skin, as you would expect uh, an elf to have. And he has medium hair with uh, medium black hair, bro. And six one in height. Lokir, you are here. You are this sort of thing draws your eye. Uh, tests of intellect, tests of strategy have always been your kind of game. Usually it's something, uh, usually it's perhaps a card game or a gambling game, but chess is your speed as well. A man beckons you over, seeing that you're waiting and his opponent leaves. Is an elderly gentleman, uh, sort of hunched over, wrinkly, but with very sharp attentive eyes it looks things like would you like to put some money in the game uh just look at him and just look him dead in the eyes and just say sure why not how's one gold sound oh uh, if i put in five gold will that multiply roll me a because this is not one of the circus performers. This is just a regular citizen of Taverpath. It is going to be difficult to convince him to part with, to risk five gold. Roll me a persuasion check. Twenty-five. Easily, easily. You put in five gold with no hesitation. He looks up at you, is smirks. <laughs> puts in five gold of his own now at the center hearing this clink of coin and seeing the glint of gold draws a bit more a, a few more people to your table than there are in the other chess players and the game begins roll me an intelligence check you are trying to beat 14. this is just straight intelligence straight intelligence Nineteen. You, you easily, easily play this man. He is, to be fair, 
very well versed in the game. He, it, this is someone that's played for quite a bit of time, who has a very good intrinsic, instinctual understanding of the game. But that can only go so far. You are familiar enough with chess that although it is not something you spend too much time on, you've read a few treaties on the strategy behind it. You know a bit more theory than this man does. That combined with your raw capabilities means within about 20-25 moves, he is in a defeated manner putting down his king, signifying checkmate. You make a nice little 5 gold profit. Uh, mark that on your inventory. Uh, I just look at him. Hey, I mean, if you wanna get your money back, you wanna go again? Roll me. Ooh, fun. Roll me a persuasion check. Nat 20. Natural 20. You, you say that... You know how to play this. You know how to play this well. This is you say it with kind eyes and a kind demeanor, but with that goading edge to your voice. Perfectly. I, I give that smug, smug look. Yeah, it is that you you know how to you know how to play emotions. And this is no different. He puts in another five gold. Wanna increase the stakes? I, I, I put down seven gold. Tosses in two gold extra. So seven matches the seven gold. Five plus two is seven, right? Yeah, okay, I just checked. Uh, roll another intelligence check. As you play another game. 23. 23. Merciless. Mercilessly destroying this man. Even now that you're playing black, the mathematically worst of the two sides, easily, easily, your defense is no match for his openings and he makes mistakes in the middle game, allowing you a very quick and decisive checkmate on the back row at the end of about 26, 27 moves. He is done. He like pushes you the gold angrily and enough, it's like walks, it stands up, like puts his hands in his trouser pockets and just like, walks off angrily. Uh, and uh, as he as he leaves, I just uh, had, a, had a nice time playing with you, and I just count my gold. He would like to say something, but he uses a very time-saving gesture that involves the middle finger. <laughs> I chuckle. <laughs> with that, the circus goes on. Some of you performing, some of you perusing the game, some of you making a hefty profit, whether through honest skill or a bit of fleecing. Some of you a bit lighter in terms of the gold that you carry in your purses and with, due to either some bad luck or just not having the best of days. And the circus goes on. As the night approaches, uh, as like the activities wind down and people start looking for less active entertainment and more a way to relax, perhaps eat some dinner on a walk. Uh, the stalls that are normally part of games and entertainment and shows of uh, all of these different things start to be replaced with food stalls and vendors uh, hawking both classic street foods of Toledan as well as fruits for those of you that feel like it, as well as more 
exotic, less familiar dishes from Saradon, Villaan, and some even in the little spattering of islands that go between the three major land masses. So there is plenty of opportunity to have a nice meal, whatever your tastes may be. Then, as, with, as this circus is known to do, the final event starts up. Bells start ringing, all of the announcers start talking and like, Come one, come all, to the final show of the day. And, and people start going into this large main tent. It's golds and uh, reds, which is the, uh, the, the royal, it meant very clearly to invoke the royal colors of the world. And the gold and red is the nobility's uh, colors of choice. Although, as you look closer in the tent, if you're not blinded by the torchlight or distracted by the moonlight and the darkness, you realize that it is a very, very dark pink and just yellow that they're really trying to make look like gold. Nevertheless, entertainment lies within. So you all enter. There is a, it is a very, very large tent. This is like the classic circus tent where it's huge and able to hold dozens upon dozens of people in this circular sort of uh, bench kind of formation, leaving plenty of space and a sand pit in the middle. The usually hot, oppressive air that marks the usual climate of Toledan has given way to a cooler evening night breeze that flickers the candlelight. A ringmaster walks in, in front of the stage. This man, perhaps the most put together of all of the professional uh, announcers that you have seen throughout the day. Very, the, again, reds and golds adorn him, although these appear to be genuine reds with genuine gold, or at least as close as a non noble can get to it. He holds in his hand a wand, sort of long red with golden tips polished and shine to catch the torchlight it starts to address the crowd i hope you all have had a wonderful day uh, this is not our usual stop so i apologize if things are a bit more chaotic than we tend to put on in the bigger cities but i think we all had a fun day nevertheless didn't we and the crowd like roars and cheers and then quiets once more now for the final act of this evening of this day we have a test of strength we have with you creatures taken directly from the mysterious central isle their exposure to unknown energies keeping them and then growing them mutating them he starts to speak in this very exaggerated, very clearly playing up the mystique of these creatures, but nevertheless entrancing the crowd. These goats, regular, ordinary goats, spending time in this mysterious island, grew in strength, size, and ferocity. Today we have a great champion taking on three at once. I present the sword saint and then pause a beat a moment no one comes out <clears throat> the sword saint pause a beat a moment nothing one moment ladies and gentlemen 
walks very quickly, very briskly, like the the presentory body language giving way to like what the heck is going on, sort of like squirrely nature. As he runs back into the like a sort of covering in the tent, mutter, 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 as the man disappeared behind the covering of the tent. Confusion starts to settle into the crowd. Then you all hear the crash of metal, fleeing footsteps, and a scream pierce the air as three hulking goat-like, not goat, goat-like creatures burst through the covering of the tent, hulking and strong, far too muscular, far less hairy, far too big horned to be regular goats, as they all eye the crowd, huff in anger, and start to attack the onlookers. That's where we'll end tonight's session.